Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. The engagement that they get when they're wearing a bikini, right, is much better engagement than when they're getting when they have their fully clothed. So what are they posting? They're posting the one that's going to get more likes. And to me, I'm like, no, you need to post the one that's going to get friends to actually pay you because that's what's paying the bills. You know what I mean? So it is really tricky of kind of finding that media in place. And there are some brands that will pay those people that are wearing bikinis, right? But I don't find them being the like big brands that pay well too. So you do have to pick your battles and you got to be careful with how you say it too. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today I have Courtney. It's going to be such a good conversation. I'll give Courtney the stage to just chat how she got into marketing quickly and we'll go into the discussion. So welcome to the pod, Courtney. Thank you for having me. So my name is Courtney Bagby and I am the CEO and founder of Little Red Management, which is a management company that mostly manages reality stars and handles like social media partnerships for the talent. And I actually like studied advertising in college. I went to University of Colorado in Boulder, Colorado. (laughs) Yeah, I studied advertising, was super into social media in general and like always had social media partnerships, marketing coordinator roles and just was like always super into the back end of just honestly content and like marketing and advertising essentially like with influencers right and like hiring talent and celebrity endorsements just always been super into that so that's sort of like a brief overview of how i got into yeah i mean super interesting it's a totally different world that like a lot of people don't know so i want to kind of dive into the world of celebrity social media influence social media so could you give like a insight of how the world of these partnerships work with influencers slash tv reality shows how should brands be looking at these influencers and how should these influencers be partnering with brands so it's interesting because i think like when you come off of reality tv right like you have a social media following sort of like right away i mean depending on who you are on the show right but like in general, like you have a following and from there you kind of have to figure out what is your brand going to be other than reality TV, right? Like, are you going to start posting food or your pet or are you in a relationship and it's going to be more like a family oriented page, right? So like I kind of come in and help them decide what brands they want to attract. Are they going to do makeup tutorials all the time and do more like beauty stuff? And then on the brand side, they always want to work with the hottest, not always, but like for the most part, want to work with the hottest reality star that's coming off the show just because of the fact that they're it right now, right? And they have engagement right now and they want to be part of that. And honestly, a lot of the times too, like the brands are fans of the person too. How does like a reality star keep that engagement alive for like beyond because i know you're like it for the moment so how do you decide okay to keep those raving fans from the show 
to stay raving fans through the journey, even when they're not on the reality show. It's all about kind of what we talked about. And I've been talking about it a lot is like figuring out what your thing is and like continuing to go down that route and creating a brand for yourself away from reality TV. Like sometimes I have this thing, Daniel, where like I don't even like when my clients will put what reality show they were on in their bio, because to me, they should be creating their own personality and persona on social media outside of the show that they were on. That totally makes sense because otherwise someone's just going to follow them just because they were on the show, not because who they are or what they're trying to, what kind of type of content they want to create. So that totally makes sense. Do they give you like a dream partnership list or how do you decide, hey, now that they're starting to get the following, these are the brands that I'm going to go after to create great content for What is like that process with the stars to say, hey, this partner with X brand, how does that thought process go down? A lot of the times I kind of sit down with a client when I bring them on and I figure out what they like and ask them, what are all of their dream brands? I literally do have them email me all of their dream brands in the sense of I can find out what type of brands they even like, right? If someone's sending me a list of all outdoorsy brands that I know that they're outdoorsy and we're going to then figure out how to show that they're outdoorsy on their social media. Do you know what I mean? So if they want to work with, or let's say Daniel, they want to work with pots and pans company, knives, like kitchen appliances, all that stuff. And they're not posting that they cook and feed right on their social media. They're not going to get any of those brand deals. So you kind of have to push a little back. You have to take a step back and look at, okay, what can we work on? How can we continue to show and attract the big brands that you want to work with? You're not just going to get North Face by coming off the TV show. You're going to have to show that you like rock climbing, that you do extreme sports, that you are outdoorsy 24-7 in order to get that North Face deal. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And, And it's funny because they don't know that. You know what I mean? You do have to kind of explain it and spell it out for them. Yeah, you can't just be posting for North Face and just post random stuff on your feed. It has to fit the vibe of North Face or like the values of North Face. Sometimes it's hard to, Daniel. Like I do have to break it to them. Like some brands won't work with reality TV stars, right? So like you really have to position yourself and figure out how to market yourself outside of this reality TV world too. I want to go on the opposite side. How does the pitching work for pitching someone to to say they are outdoorsy person? How do you align their content with North Face to make sure they get the best deal possible? A lot of the times, whether it's a brand or a marketing agency reaching out to me, asking me for talent for North Face, right? And then I can send suggestions that way and the pitching that way. Otherwise, I will go to them and say, look, you guys are my client's dream campaign. Like, what can we do to work together? How can we get creative? Can we get on a call? Can we set up a meeting? Just trying to find that right person who even books talent for that brand, you know? But a lot of times I feel like I know off the bat, like I'm not going to pitch someone in North Face unless if 80% of their content is all outdoorsy content. They're not going to get that North Face campaign. You know what I mean? So... Even though like it can appeal to family, right? But like right now, 
for example, North Face has told me I want the people that are rock climbing and doing all those adventurous sports. So like if you're not doing that already and showcasing that, you're not. I know that you want to get picked. So it's always that awkward conversation that we have to have with talent of, hey, you're just maybe not on brand. And I use that a lot, but it's true. Like you're not on brand. Yeah, you have to fit the values of that brand and vice versa. You, that brand has to fit the values of you too. Sometimes that brand actually shouldn't be, might be a bad brand for you to partner with as a, a star or a influencer. So, and you probably know like those brands that, are technically on the block list that you shouldn't be working with them because they're just not fair to the clients or won't fit their vibe or screw them over. I don't know if you've heard of this recently, but I had to have a conversation with a client the other day because I've been getting little pitches of like, oh, we're looking for this type of person, right? I might say lifestyle, whatever. Another thing that I saw someone put was no bikini photos. So it's interest like in their feet. So it's interesting because like it's now to the point where like if they've worked with a sex toy company or a sexual wellness brand or just bikinis, right? Like in whatever capacity, like it is the summer, people are swimming, like they're going to the ocean, whatever. They're just not going to pick you. And so it's interesting because I'm now having to have those conversations too. Hey, delete this. Like I actually had someone post a reel the other day with a sound where someone was swearing. Yeah, or like the sound had swearing in it. And so like I actually made my client archive that post because I was like brands are not don't want to work. But brands have told me that they don't want to work with someone that has swearing in their context in any way. So you definitely have to be very sensitive these days. <laughs> Especially bigger brands because they have to go through a whole legal process and legal is not going to accept it if it's not on brand or that it could be a potential backlash from what you post just because oh hey x y and z works with these type of people who post x y and z things you have to be very careful with that it's hard because it's also the talent don't know that right so like i'm the one that has to coach them through that what are some content do you recommend people post like do you recommend they go on different platforms like do you recommend they stay on the key platform that they on? do they diversify what makes good content that brands actually would invest in you it's so hard. Even at me saying brand safe right now, like what does that even mean? But that means like clothing on, like smiling kind of, right? Like being friendly. Like I even told a client the other day, don't make that like sexy face. That's not inviting to brands, you know? Like <laughs> it's funny because it's like, it really is just about being kind of more great with content, not like good lighting, right? There's so many little things that go into creating like good quality content that are going to be attractive to brands. I have a client right now that's super busy and he just has such a personality on his Instagram and so clean about it. Just it's not raunchy jokes. It's like fun, attracts to the female audience, a cute guy that's not sexy. He's more like clean cut, diverse. So like all the brands want to work with him because of his personality. And you have to decide that as a content creator too. Like, hey, you could be posting the stuff that you want to be posting, but you have to know that our list is going to be shorter of who we're going to work with. Like if you want to go your authentic self and say, hey, I'm going to post bikini pics and pics like I wellness, sexual wellness stuff. 
you're going to maybe cut out 60% of people that you can work with. Or you could go with the guy you were talking about who is being his authentic self in a cleaner way online and now people want to work with him. So you have to just choose. You, you can go down the route of doing whatever you want. Just know that if you want to be doing partnerships with brands, brands are going to be second-guessing you, picking the person who's cleaner over you, online, cleaner online. And, and he, it's so hard that you would say the words. Yeah. What does that even mean? But like brands, I actually look at these type of things when they look at you. The engagement that they get when they're wearing a bikini, right, is much better engagement than when they're getting when they have their fully clothed. So what are they posting? They're posting the one that's going to get more likes. And to me, I'm like, no, you need to post the one that's going to get friends to actually pay you because that's what's paying the bills. You know what I mean? So it is really tricky of kind of finding that media in place. And there are some brands that will pay those people that are wearing bikinis, right? But I don't find them being the like big brands that pay well too. So you do have to pick your battles and you got to be careful with how you say it too. Also, like it's a conversation to have as a content creator, like, hey, you sometimes have to put your ego aside and be like, okay, hey, I know this is validating for me to post this and get a lot of likes. But like, it's better to just be posting things that people like me, not just because I'm posting great pic of myself. People are actually liking me because of my personality, like my adventures, my activities, my hobbies. They're not posting me just because of how I look. And they're like, obviously how I look is a part of why most people are fine. But yeah. a lot of people, like my wife, big fall of like Ariel Charnas and all these people and she'll buy anything that Ariel Charnas wears or Lauren Bostick all the all these influences and she just wants to see the lifestyle that they're living and what they're wearing where do they go who do they hang out with it's kind of saying how you would be on a reality show show them an insider view of your life of what you do but in a, a nicer a, a more cleaned up way if you want to have the bigger brand deals that pay well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is good because you probably have clients that are already like natural, per- like they got on TV for a reason. Like they have personalities. They pick people who have personalities to come on the TV. So they have that part. You just have to get them to a point where, hey, make sure you're showing this in a way that brands would want to work with you. What are like the platforms that pe- brands are working with influences the most right now are they working with people on ig tiktok where are they they doing the most of the partnerships with people i would say it's not a specific platform i mean all of my clients most of them daniel come from reality tv so i feel like naturally their instagrams do grow more of a following than tiktok and then they really have to work to grow up their tiktok so the majority of my clients i feel like are still on instagram but i would say overall what I've been noticing is that a lot of the content is turning into video content only. People don't even want photo content anymore. It's mostly like, I want a reel or a TikTok. And like, that's what they want because it lives on V, it lives forever. And that's kind of what I've been noticing recently. How about you? What have you been noticing? The age of TikTok has really changed how posts have gone. Because it's gone through for, hey, 
this post the most highly polished, cleaned up, highly edited post to let's show the authentic view of like how I'm getting ready, how I'm living my life with an iPhone camera, showing my actual journey, showing my real self. I think five years ago, that was a total different story before TikTok. Now TikTok has made everything bite-sized, quick story series type content that people can engage quickly, but also feel the personality of people. And now it's even changing more because during the pandemic, you can at least go deep with people on TikTok or IG. Now you have reels, shorts, snap stories, threads, all these places where you can engage. So it's harder to go deeper with a person. So the people who have accumulated an audience over time are going to win because they haven't gone deep two years ago where people can build a relationship or people on reality TV shows who people could see them on TV and then they follow their story off TV into their real life, which is a cool thing to see. That's how I'm doing. Like I'm a big drive to survive guy. And now like I'm following all the drivers stories and following their journey outside of drive to survive because I love them on the show. And now I'm following the journey off the show. Well, and that's what I feel like is so cool about like social media in general. And that's also like, that's why I think people love social media too, right, Daniel? Because like, I don't know about you, but like, that's how I keep in touch with all my friends that I went to high school with, right? It's the same thing. We graduated and now we get to watch each other on social media, like living their real life and like going through things and like connect with certain people too. So it is such a cool beautiful thing that we're able to do and just like everyone just really wants to see like what they're actually going through in real life and not just a highlight reel too what is an example of a campaign that you would run with a brand what goes into a deal like what do brands out for how does that go down like example campaign that you ran recently I guess in general, this is like how campaigns happen. Typically, it's either the brand comes to me first and then asks me if I have people within a certain like range or like whatever it is, or I'm like outreaching, right? And then once we kind of come up with the budget and the deliverables that the brand wants to do, then I will ask my client if they want to do the campaign. And sometimes even after that, there's more negotiation depending on what's going on or how much it is or the deliverables or whatever it is maybe even the timeline right we're trying to coordinate the timeline like a client has is having a baby and are they going to be able to be flexible at all with the timeline right like those are all things that you kind of have to negotiate up front then we'll start working on the contract get them the product and then once they have the product we kind of need if it's a story or a reel or a photographer, like maybe we're getting a photographer to book or a videographer on our end. We're making sure that we get the whole creative concept approved. So I have my team usually write up a creative of what this video is going to be about and maybe like a script for voiceover, whatever it is. We get that approved from the brand. That the brand gives us the go-ahead essentially to go film. That's sort of like when it goes into production, I guess. And then they'll also tell us the date that they want the content by and then the date that we're going to post. And it just depends how long approvals are going to take. Sometimes we go through multiple rounds of content approvals where my client has to redo content. 
And that's actually why we started doing creative concepts and writing out word for word what they're going to do to avoid that as much as possible. And then we'll sort of get approvals, write up all the information of post info. I call it post info. So like all the information on how they're going to post. And then like we'll tell them when they're going to post and then they'll post that day. Then we send the invoice. Then we start chasing for money and like pay out the client. So like it really is this full process for every single deal we do. And really this thorough, so many different parts of the puzzle that we have to just coordinate and make sure that we're on it. Yeah, it's always that because I've done some brand partnerships for like with SaaS brands and it's always the battle of like, will we do this for the price that is given or is it too many deliverables? And then on the other side, is it a brand that we align with value-wise? How do we believe in the product? Can we say it authentically, publicly? Thank you for breaking that down. That was awesome to just hear the inside of that. The last thing I have for you is what is a marketing hill you would die on? Okay, give me yours first. One of them is that people buy from people. So you have to have people in front of your brand first. So having like faceless brands aren't going to win. So that's why you either going to have people in your company be the face of your company or have creators hire in a creator to make sure that they're telling the story publicly because people are not believing in institutions as much anymore. So that's something I'll die right now is that the people will always buy from people that they like and trust. I feel like that's also like friends and family, right? They always have to ask someone before they buy it. Can't just buy it online. Exactly. That That's hard. And you're saying that's like a problem, I guess? It's just like a stake in the ground that you believe that something in marketing that is true to you, that you will like go on a hill and be like, hey, marketers should be doing this. I believe marketers should be doing this. I'm going to say the rule of sevens and the fact of you have to see something on multiple times in order for you to buy it. And for me to say, stand here right now, it's like brands can think that they can hire an influencer once and only one influencer and that they're going to sell out. And that's not how it works. Like just like every human needs to see something multiple times before buying it. That's kind of, I feel like what I want what I feel like my answer would be. I feel like that's a good one, right? That was a great one. I think that's what people forget in marketing is like there's direct response things that you could do, but there's 98% of people that aren't ready to buy right now. So you got to keep reminding them, educating them, being on top of mind. That's why McDonald's and all these brands have billboards and all these things to remind you that like when you're hungry, think McDonald's. Like it's not right now. It's product placement. Exactly. It's just continually reminding so your brand is top of mind when that person needs to make a purchase. So I think that's a great one. For sure. And I mean, honestly, the thing is, too, is like you can always market on Instagram. You can market and actually see who's viewing your stuff, you know, and actually know how many eyes are seeing an Instagram post versus a billboard. Which is great. And also people are doing things at different points of their lives. So they're in social part of the time. They're driving part of the time. They're watching TV part of the time. They're doing something. So you need to just be in different parts of their life to be able to stay top of mind. You can't just be on 
social media or running ads because you can't be in one place at one time. Last thing is, where could people follow you and your journey and what you're doing and the cool things you're doing up to right now? Personally, you can follow me at Courtney Bagby, so C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y, B-A-G-B-Y. And then if you want to follow my business Instagram page, it's Little Red and then M-G-M-T. And we always like post like our campaigns there and also just some fun social media tips and tricks here and there. We're kind of there to motivate our clients and maybe for some brands to learn from it too. Well, thank you so much for this. This has been awesome and I really appreciate it. Oh my God, thank you. It was fun. Thanks so much for listening. Keep tuning in to hear more great insights from the coolest marketers from around the world. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and follow the Marketing Millennials podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, I would greatly appreciate you giving us a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.